0: Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.
1: Welcome in. Our final hour taking you to high noon here on 98.7 ESPN, getting you ready for the 11 games on the slate today. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. And Mike Tannenbaum joins the program. Mike, good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? Are, are, you, um, are you at a stadium anywhere freezing your tukush off or, or are you indoors somewhere?
2: You, you, you know, Kiwi, like anytime Anita's on Sports Center or any of the hits we watch, so obviously you were not watching Sports Center this morning from you know, and saw my hit here from Bristol, so um
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Get up i'm 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 very sorry so 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 all right so mike's coming to us from bristol connecticut that's great um <laughs> uh first things first uh, we we just we just talked about it it's one of my my locks of the week and that's the steelers uh minus two and a half against the raiders tonight uh your your thoughts on the passing of franco harris mike
2: yeah thoughts and prayers to uh his family you know an all-time great player all-time great person obviously um an iconic figure in our game and an iconic play. And, you know, what's really sad, guys, is um, Peter King actually wrote this in his column this week, but, you know, a year ago, Mike North and Howard Katz, who handled the scheduling for the NFL, realized that given the way the last season ended, that the Raiders and the uh, Steelers would be playing. And they actually worked on this for literally a year, guys, on knowing um, – they planned it around the the anniversary of the play and it's just so tragic i mean it's really chilling that just days before something that was planned for a year you know he suddenly passed away yeah absolutely Kiwi, also, you,
1: you you and i have not you have not had an opportunity to comment uh, on on franco harris so please feel free to
3: yeah i mean um we all we also lost uh, ronnie hillman you know and that one um was a little personal to me because he died of a rare form of cancer that affects people who carry the sickle cell trait or have sickle cell anemia together mm-hmm. and there are a number of you know black players specifically in the league because you know it's primarily in um you know in that community uh who I, I believe like don't have this information i you know when i heard about his passing i had no idea about this or or, or what it was and so it forced me to do a little bit of research so um anytime you know we lose somebody you know in the NFL community it's it's an opportunity to to praise them and it's also an opportunity to to learn and reflect on on our lives and how we conduct ourselves and and to to really just appreciate um the 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 short life that we have you know we're blessed to to be involved in football and to to play this sport and to be recognized for playing it um but but life is short and we have to appreciate every moment that we have
1: um with that being said um, also the the big storyline uh, today is is the weather in and around um our our country and and how it's going to uh, how it's going to affect these games um, so you know and, and, and obviously when we've been talking about it uh, you've got cleveland obviously and um Pittsburgh later on tonight and in Chicago that are going to be affected big time. You know, what, what's your take on, on how teams need to really no pun intended, but tackle this cyclone bomb uh, that is invaded our country right now.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you um, when I flew in uh, to Hartford last night, there was a the 45 degree difference from last night to this morning. It was six degrees here and you know, the <laughs> Patriots play, you know, just down the road. And I think, I love the Patriots today because Cincinnati can't run the ball and their defensive line is beat up. And I think it really favors the Patriots in a big way today. And, um, you know, you build your teams depending on where your circumstances are. Like for example, Minnesota's indoors. I think that's going to be a really high scoring game because of, I, I just don't think the Viking defense can stop anybody right now, but, um, it's going to be a factor. You know, um, I was in Chicago last week. It was cold. It's going to be colder to there today. And, um, it's just part of the great dynamic of our sport right it's just um, weather is a major factor today and um, it could impact the outcome of games yeah I, you know, I they say
1: to... they say they say this is football weather Ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to say what are you going to say Q- no I, I
3: always i used i used to love it because if we're all dealing <laughs> with the same cer- um, set of circumstances then it becomes a mental thing right so if you can um, you know you know, figure out how to, how to prepare and how to play in it. And your opponent can't, that gives you an advantage. My question for you, Mike, is when you're, when you're assembling a team, um, how much do you consider the experience that, you know, gentlemen have had, you know, playing in cold weather, if you're putting together a team that's in cold weather, like how, how much, how important is it that they have experience playing in cold weather?
2: Yeah, I I think more fundamentally than that is, um, you know, how they help you win the division and how they fit into your scheme, um, all those things, you know, should be a factor. But, um, you know, I spent most of my career in the NFC, in the AFC East, and um, you wanted guys that fit that sort of like tough physical outdoors, you know, because six of the eight games are going to be played outdoors between New York, Buffalo, and New England. So you wanted to make sure that, like, that all fit. Um, and what's so interesting about that division in particular is, You know, we got to see early in the season, you know, Buffalo wilt in that South Florida heat, and then, you know, Miami had to go up there. I thought Miami actually played really well last Saturday night. I thought they did a good job. Um, But Miami still has to go back up to New England next week, and then, you know, the last game of the season, uh, New England has to go to Buffalo. So weather is is a big factor certainly in that division.
1: By the way, this portion of the show brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at Two by London. Picker designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their seven area locations. Uh, so those are some of the biggest storylines as we head into week 16 of the NFL season. When we get back, Mike Tannenbaum will have a chance to uh, comment on the Jets' loss to the Jags, and in and, and what potentially, if he was the general manager of uh, of the Jets, what would he do in in regard to Zach Wilson? We had Rich Samini on earlier talking about it. We'll get uh, we'll get Mike's thought as well. We'll come back. Mike's Tannenbaum's bomb of the week. We'll find out what that is. And of course, do a deeper dive into this Giants Vikings matchup, and we'll continue with your calls eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, Mike Tannenbaum here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It-
0: Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. So, get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. The bomb is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the
1: Week. That's right. Time for Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Samuel Institute for Pain Management. With that being said, Mike, what is it?
4: New England Patriots, 31, Cincinnati Bengals, 17. I just love what? New England today. I'm telling you, I love New England today.
1: You loved New England last week, by the way. I lost so, money there.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had me all the way until the uh, last play of the game. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. uh, again this is mike tannenbaum's bomb of the week brought to you by samuel institute for pain management for a pain-free life visit samuelpain.com also this portion of the show uh, brought to you by fw web and wheel McLean. turn to one of fw web's 100 plus locations for unparalleled wheel McLean inventory visit fw to find out a convenient location near you with that being said before we start diving into the jets and they're lost to the jags here's what i don't understand with that play right like All we hear all the time is is how much Bill Belichick's offense focuses on situational football. How does that happen? How does Jacoby Myers know, knowing he's been coached by Bill Belichick, knowing, you know, just how systematic everything is there with them? Like, what were you? I'm sure you had to be shocked.
4: Yeah, you know, I've had the good fortune of working for Coach Belichick twice in my career, and. No one pays more attention to situational football than Coach Belichick. I mean, that's one of the many reasons he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And I just think this is a situation he'd like to have back. It's very fundamental to me, guys, which is in a tie game, if your quarterback can't reach the end zone, then you just take a knee because, look, no one could see that play coming, obviously. But Ramondre Stevenson fumbling the ball is not an unreasonable outcome so why would you even run the ball there? That, that's, you know, the, the, the outcome is a one in a million, and we could all talk about that for, for generations of who saw it and who remembered it. But more fundamentally, like, the irony is I was with the Dolphins when we beat New England on the last play of the game when Kenyon Drake outraced Rob Gronkowski to the corner of the end zone after a few laterals. The difference was we were down 33-28, to 28 and we had to score a touchdown uh, to win the game. This was a situation where the game was tied and should have gone to overtime. So, again, Coach Belichick's always incredibly well-prepared. He calls people out, like in meetings, he calls coaches out. You know, the Saturday night, you could ask people in the league, the Saturday night meeting for a coach is way harder than anything they'll see on Sunday. He will ask coaches the most incredible details. Um, So I, I just think this is a great coach who had a bad moment
3: so so what corrections what corrections need to be made in, in terms of you know what belichick is doing because i've i've played against belichick teams and i agree with you 100 percent and i've spoken with guys who played there that they are some of the most well-prepared players in the league they are forced to know situations that most other players won't even cover you know throughout their entire career so what it, what has what has changed
4: uh again I, I think it was just a bad moment and um you know, the other thing in a, in a more macro sense, guys, like clearly, like when you look at the Green Bay Packers on offense right now, the, the Green Bay Packer offense of December would, would handle the Green Bay Packer offense of September. Clearly, they've gotten better. And I, I thought the three of us would be talking about like the improved New England Patriot offense as the year went on. And clearly, that's not the case. And that, to me, is the much more bigger, important discussion here is this passing offense has not improved.
1: Uh, guys let's turn our attention to uh, of course what's going on with the Jets unfortunately again they lose to the Jags 19 to three now is uh as Kiwi and I pointed out uh winging a prayer to make it to the playoffs they're behind the Chargers the Dolphins the Patriots the Jags they lose the tiebreaker to three of those fourteens, except your Patriots Mike um <laughs> what what needs to happen the Dolphins first of all Jets need to win out Dolphins need to lose to the Green Bay Packers and then beat the Patriots and then obviously lose to the Jets. Uh, that is really uh, the, the, the clear path. They only have a 5% chance now of making it to the postseason. It's a shame to waste a defense like that. That's, that's, that's a defense that can take you places. So obviously Zach Wilson, 41.9 QB rating, uh, another poor performance. Mike, as a general manager, what, what's going through the mind of, of Joe Douglas right now?
4: Well, look, I think hindsight's 2020, and I think if they can have a decision back, it's not about Zach Wilson. I think really what should have happened, guys, is someone should have stood up up in June of 2021 and said, hey, Zach Wilson's not playing this year, and we think he's going to have a great career here. But Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, and we're going to give him every opportunity to learn this year, but when everyone starts complaining about why he's not playing, just blame me. This is June. This is way before the game is played because I thought the most consequential play in the game, guys, by far, was that first third down that the Jets had. They created the fumble on Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson gets hit again really hard. Like he clearly didn't expect or know the blitz was coming from really what was like his front side as a right handed quarterback. And you know, he has to account for that and get rid of the ball, and he's clearly not ready to go. And I would have given him a year just to develop. It's really hard to develop a quarterback in the NFL. It's really, really hard to develop one in New York. But someone should have stood up, you know, stood up and said, "Hey, this is a developmental year, and nothing else matters."
1: But here's the th- here's the thing, Mike. You don't take a develop developmental quarterback at two.
4: Well if if you feel like he's going to be great for the next decade you, you do and feel, um, well, feel?
1: <laughs> like you're 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 taking a quarterback at 2 2 on a feeling I, like i i like i'm sorry like no i, I can't i can I, I i can't get behind that right like i understand you want to take him in the first round okay you want to take him like you know towards like 19 18 19 20 okay but 2
4: 2 i, I don't you see i i i just look at that like differently i think Quarterbacks, When you make those decisions, they're, they're ten-year decisions. And if Patrick Mahomes – look, Kansas City traded up to get Patrick Mahomes and they still sat him. And my point is, like, not all quarterbacks are created equal and clearly Zach Wilson came out with some real limitations. Now, we could debate and argue should they have taken Justin Fields. And, of course, like, they're not going to be the first or the last team to make a mistake. All I'm saying is, like, when you say, hey, what's in the best interest of Zach Wilson for the next ten years – Clearly he wasn't ready to play and they put him out there too soon and now there's real scars. He lacks confidence and you know, it's gonna be an uphill climb for him to be successful in this market.
3: Is is there a possibility he could be successful in another market? Like is is the book been closed on Zach Wilson completely or do you feel as though there could be a second chapter? I don't feel as though, you know, there's gonna be another chapter for him in a Jets uniform, but I don't necessarily think that he you know, is incapable of playing quarterback for the rest of his career. What, do you, what, yeah. are, your, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I wouldn't even rule it out. With the Jets, look, if the three of us were running the Jets, the co- conversation we're having with Zach Wilson is, like, this is not a death sentence. Like, you have to get a lot better, um, but so do other players. And you were, you were the second pick overall, but we can't do anything about that. That's ancient history. Like, go win the trust and confidence of your teammates. Make them believe in you. And the way you do that is – First of all, be the hardest worker in the building. And then secondly, like, go make plays when your number's called. And again, like, he almost got himself killed the other night because on, on on a play where, look, we could argue, like, how good of a disguise Jacksonville had on that blitz. It was a pretty well-disguised blitz. But point being is, like, he can't even protect himself right now. And when you get hit, it just eradicates your confidence. And that's what he needs to do. He needs to get his confidence back needs to have a mastery level of playing the quarterback position, which clearly he does not have right now. Um, and I would not say his career is over. I'm just saying like he, he needs to start making dramatic progress quickly.
1: 800-919-3776. Guys, we've got some calls coming in. I know they want to chime in on this. Also, we get back. Let's spend some time talking about that Giants-Minnesota Vikings matchup. I do like the Giants today. And, of course, we'll always end the show strong with our, our predictions and whatnot. And also, I think we need to take a little bit of time as, as uh, of course, the, the picture is becoming more and more clear in regard to what this postseason is going to look like. So we'll spend some time on that. Uh, he is Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, Anita Marks. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7.
2: Must be
0: 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.
1: Real quick before we start doing a dive into the Vikings-Giants game, this just came up. Ian Rappaport reporting that Alabama's OC, Bill O'Brien, is emerging as an option for the Patriots' offensive coordinator. God bless Here, here's you know I I know you're all about the Patriots and you know how much I love Mac Jones. You and I both, but dude, disservice with Matt Patricia calling have a defensive coordinator calling the plays. I mean, what? Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here.
4: I I don't know if it was me or Kiwi that you're going to.
1: Yeah, you're the one. You're the one who loves. uh, This is the second week in a row you're using the Patriots as your bomb of the week. You're the one who loves the Patriots. I just I have no faith in them with that offense. The offense is anemic, and I don't think it's Mac Jones it's 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 horrible their offense the play calling is horrible they get bill o'brien i mean listen i'm not a huge bill o'brien fan as a head coach but bring him in It's, it's an upgrade from patricia i mean my god
4: yeah look um i you know coach belichick has standards and um he'll be the first one to say if if something isn't working and um you know you connect the dots and you know that's certainly an easy one you know he's very good friends with uh doug marone doug marone was the um Offensive line coach for a number of years in Alabama with him. Doug went back to uh, the Saints this past year, so not completely surprised to see like you know Coach O'Brien, can, uh, you know potentially leaving at the end of the year.
1: Uh, another report out there is that uh, Sean Payton itching to get back into the league. He's putting together a uh, a team. Vic Fangio reported to come in to possibly he's reached out to him to be his defensive coordinator. I have no doubt he's reached out to Mike Westoff. He loves Mike Westoff. When he was trying to engineer the takeover for the Miami Dolphins with Tom Brady, um, he called Mike Westoff. Mike Westoff actually went down to Miami to start looking at apartments <laughs> because uh, because Sean Payton called him because uh, what they were trying to, to engineer. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's let's go to this call really quick. It's Josh and Wesley. Welcome into New York Game Day. Happy holidays to you guys. How you doing? Anita. Happy holidays. How are you? Fantastic.
2: So what uh what what are the big bets today? And what are you guys uh what kind of wine are you drinking after the game after the show?
1: (laughs) Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and yours. Um I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what kind of wine we're going to be drinking. Uh, the bets, uh, I gave my locks of the week. They're all minus two and a half. Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals going opposite what, uh, what Mike Tannenbaum believes, and uh, the Detroit Lions. I like all of them minus two and a half. All right, guys. Let, let's, let's do a deeper dive into this Giants and Vikings game. The Giants getting four. Uh, the over-under is at 46. Mike, you said you think a lot of points are going to be scored here. Tell us all the reasons why.
4: Well, first of all, um, you know, the weather isn't a factor because it's indoors like so many other games that are going to be impacted here. But, um, you know, first of all, Minnesota can just score. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You know, with no uh, Dory Jackson, I I just don't know how they match up with K.J. Osborne, Thielen, and obviously the great Justin Jefferson. So I think Minnesota scores uh, pretty – not at will, but they put up points in a hurry. And then I think the Giants, you know, they're an interesting offense because – they're not, you know, your prototypical like explosive offense like we're seeing in the league. But um, the combination of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, like when you really study them, they really put a lot of pressure on the opposing team horizontally, in as much as vertically. And the way Minnesota is built, it's is a Darius Smith, it's Danell Hunter. Their back end is very, very vulnerable. So it's not like the traditional way I think the Giants usually score. But I just think the Giants are going to be able to move the ball against this Minnesota defense.
3: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think when, you know, putting myself as a player – when you look at a team that has a dynamic running back and has a, a quarterback who is effective from the pocket but can also beat you with his feet, you don't really have a choice but to you know to, to squeeze your defense in a little bit. Your defensive lineman you can't just go rushing up the field. You have to pay attention to where the back is in the run game and in the pass game. And then oh by the way, you also have to understand that this quarterback can use his feet to run, but he's not looking to use his feet to run all the time. So it it creates um, a, a lot of difficulty. So I agree with you that you know there should be a lot of points you know. Scored especially in this weekend when you look at the comparison to all the 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 outdoor games that are probably not going to have a lot of points on the board I think it's going to look even more dramatic because this will probably be the one of the games that has you know a higher point total Uh,
1: by the way Adam Schefter is reporting that the NFL is pushing back the Texans Titans game by one hour due to power outages in Tennessee per sources so uh, Texans Titans Push back an hour, so 2.02 p.m. Eastern time looks like will be um, the start time, and I'm sure those power outages and, and, and the power issues are all because of the weather, I'm sure. You know, I, I, we could sit here and we could digest this matchup, but let's let's talk bigger picture here, you know, Mike, and, and I know in, in Kiwi as well. I know we talk about this quite frequently, and that is what more does Daniel Jones have to do in order to prove to Giants fans uh, that he's worthy of, of a contract extension? Um you know, Based on what you've seen this season, specifically as well, what we saw last week against a good Washington defense, are you sold, Mike, that, that you, would, you would extend Daniel's contract at this point?
4: Yeah, the only thing he needs to do is walk down the, the hallway to uh, the GM's office and sign a contract that has a lot of money. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's going to be richly, richly rewarded. And if the Giants let him out of the building – There's going to be about a dozen teams that will line up and and pay him. You know, there's about Mm -hmm. fourteen to sixteen teams that will need a quarterback at the end of the season. You know, when you think about it's really a fascinating offseason. You know, players like Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mike White, Lamar Jackson are free agents. And Daniel Jones, I, I think there's a better chance of him being franchised than any other outcome because he's a good player. Look. He's cut down on his interceptions. His yards per attempt need to be better. But given his age, his athleticism, his size, his character, there will be teams backing up the truck to get their hands on him. And um, he's uh, he has earned everything he's gotten. I'm not saying he's, by any stretch, an elite quarterback. But what I am saying is when you look at, again, if the three of us were running a team, guys, and we look at the alternatives – there's three quarterbacks that will go high in the first round. CJ Stroud, Ohio State, Bryce Young, Alabama, and Will Levis, ironically, from Connecticut via Penn State going to Kentucky. Um, he's probably the next best quarterback you can get. And, and to me, it's, um, he's going to do very well in terms of a, a contract.
3: Yeah, another element I think is that he's proved his durability. You know, like talk to me about that. Like, how how important is it if you're looking at a quarterback who's you know going into free agency that they've proven that they can stay healthy? He played behind a sub uh, you know, subpar offensive line for a period of time and was able to stand in there, take the shots, and continue to come back week after week. How important is that when you're putting a team together? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Like all uh, like, Kiwi.
4: Like you know like. You know when you see it as um, you know as a teammate like he's he's a good player again he's not perfect but like what I would say to you like what's your alternatives
3: Mhm Mhm That that's my uh, big problem is, is you, if you, you, if know... you let him walk out the door, who's going to come in? And do you understand how difficult it is to find and develop a quarterback in the NFL and what it means? Like people lose jobs because the guy who's, you know, throwing the ball is not good. And that's that's one of the problems I have with Zach Wilson is, you know, it's, yes, he, he's not qualified to play the position, but the longer you put him out there, more people are going to have, you know, to change their address because of his play. And that's a difficult thing to, to look your players in the eyes and, and to try to be honest with them about.
1: Really quick, guys, I just want to share this. Uh, Ryan Hurley, our, our program director, sent this to us, and, and so I want to read this before we go to break. That way I give you a chance to marinate it, comment on it when we get back, um, and then, of course, we'll give our, our score predictions and whatnot for the uh, Giants-Minnesota Vikings game. There are 17 obvious first-round quarterback busts from the last 15 years to Marcus Russell... <laughs> Remember him? What was that? Purple Kool-Aid drink? Anyway, Brady Quinn, Josh Freeman, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Ponder. uh, Oh, poor Sam. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Jake Locker, uh, Whedon, uh, E.J. Manuel, Blake Bortles, Manziel, Lynch, Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, okay? Eight head coaches were fired during or after the first year of those quarterbacks were drafted five during or after the second season, and four during or after the third season. None of the 17 head coaches lasted beyond the third year. General managers had a bit more leeway, though not much. Nine were fired within the first three years after drafting these quarterbacks. Others lasted longer. The Jets drafted Sam Darnold in 2018, fired head coach Todd Bowles after Darnold's rookie season, and then, of course, fired McCagnon after the 2019 season. So history is not on the side of Sala or Douglas, uh, no matter what happens next. Very interesting, uh, some statistics and trends when, uh, when an organization does draft a quarterback in the first round, let alone number two overall. Wow. Uh, so marinating that, we come back. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on that. Also, what our scores are for both the, um, not for both, but for the Giants and Minnesota Vikings game next, right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Now back to New York game day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.
1: Uh, some news and notes out there. Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant, good to go against the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> I know you love New England. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, active against Kansas City as well. Uh, Claypool uh, is, uh, is going to be inactive for the Bears. I'm telling you, I love the over and rushing yards at 74 and a half uh, for Justin Fields. Uh, Tannehill done for the season. Playoffs unlikely. Um, Stevenson expected to play against the Bengals. Derwin James expected to play for the Chargers, which is huge. Chargers still in that playoff hunt as well. Uh, so, Mike, let's let's go to you in regard to uh, the excerpt from the uh, article I just I just read to you. Uh, the trends in the likeliness of uh, Sala and Joe D. lasting more than three years uh, does not look good. Will they break the trend?
4: Uh, well, there's only one person that's going to make that decision. That's, you know, Mr. Johnson. And, um, you know, you can look at this one of two ways, you know, the glass is half full. There's, you know, a lot of good pieces in place. I think the jet defense is good. I'm not sure, um, if it's great, you know, they've had some key letdowns, but there's, you know, some really good pieces, uh, in place. Um, but obviously, you know, the quarterback is, you know, a, a position that's of paramount importance and. Um, obviously, you know, that's not looking good. You know, when you're playing four quarterbacks, um, typically you don't have one, right? And when you're out there with a guy like Strebler, who is so limited, he, you know, it's, it's, you could see why he's on an NFL team. He's a good athlete and he can run around. He just can't throw the ball. Um, and it's Flacco, Mike White, it's Zach Wilson. You know, it's hard. It's really hard to have success, especially when you're competing against Josh Allen. So, um, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be important. You know, they're going to have to finish strong.
1: Uh, Guys, really quick, because we got about five minutes left in the show. AFC, right now the season was to end today. Buffalo, the number one seed. Kansas City, Cincinnati, Tennessee. The Ravens, the Chargers, and the Dolphins. Right on their coattails is Miami. I'm sorry, is the Patriots, the Jags, and the Jets, as well as the Raiders. Mike, I know you like the Patriots. Um, Guys, are any of these teams in the top seven that are in that you feel are going to be out If it is the Patriots in, who's out? Is it the Dolphins, Mike?
4: It may come down to that last game of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. Dolphins, Jets. You know, I think the big X factor to me is I have a feeling that Josh Allen doesn't play in the last game of the year because their seed will be locked in. Whatever that may be, guys. One seed, two seed, whatever it is. And it's a little unfair from a Dolphins standpoint. But, you know, imagine if the Jets beat the Dolphins again, and then Buffalo doesn't play Josh Allen, and New England gets in because they beat Buffalo in the last game of the year.
1: Uh, Matthias, the NFC, if the season was to end today, the Eagles, number one seed at 13-1, and one, Minnesota, the 49ers, the Box Dallas, the Giants, Washington, all three, three of, three of the, the four NFC East uh, division teams will make it in. On their coattails, Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, Carolina, the Saints, Atlanta, um, do you see those seven getting in? If not, can Seattle or Detroit or the Packers unseat one of them?
3: I mean, I think you always have to look at the Packers as a potential contender, just because of uh, pedigree and leadership and Aaron Rodgers specifically. But I like Detroit honestly. I think if, if any of the teams that are on the bubble or have a chance to get in, I think Detroit is is would be my my sleeper, just because of you know the way that they're coming on right now in at at this point in the season.
1: And keep in mind, with the Tampa Bay Bucks, they're six and eight. Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta are five and nine. Who knows? Uh, maybe they unseat the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. Gentlemen, three minutes left in the show. Let's give our score predictions for, of course, the Giants and the Minnesota game. Mike, let's start with you. What's your score and why?
4: Uh, I like Minnesota thirty-eight, Giants thirty-five. Really high-scoring game, and just you know, it's hard to bet against Minnesota in Minnesota right now.
1: Kiwi.
3: Yeah, I got the Giants 31, uh, Minnesota 27. Still similar, pretty high-scoring game. But I'm just, I'm leaning with the Giants right now, just momentum. And I know how, uh, you know, being in that, in that, in that locker room and getting to this point in the season and trying to make a push and trying to make a run. I think this is that's their mindset right now.
1: I'm with you. I'm on the Giants side as well. I've got 32-28 Giants. I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're going to be able to get to Kirk Cousins. As I said earlier, negative 14. Negative 14 sack rate the last five weeks. So I think that's something that the Giants will be able to capitalize on. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I know it begins and ends with Saquon Barkley, but this is arguably the worst defense in the NFL, let alone the worst past defense in the NFL, so I'm expecting a big day from Daniel Jones and Slayton and Richie James and Bellinger. I think Daniel could have a really good game and possibly help you win uh, your uh, your fantasy matchup this week, let alone, I'm definitely going to be playing him in a lot of DFS. Uh, gentlemen, we've got uh, about two minutes left in the show. Mike, any final thoughts, anything we didn't hit on today that, that you want to get off your chest?
4: No, I just think um, the, the seating for both sides, AFC and NFC will change dramatically. And I think that's what the league wants. You know, everyone still has to play each other. And I think there'll be some other weird outcome. You know, we talked obviously a lot about the Patriot Raider game. Um, Maybe again, Josh Allen not playing, but I just think the way the season's gone guys, you know, Brock Purdy, third quarterback, I think there's going to be some other storyline that emerges that none of us see coming. um, That's going to impact things. And, you know, look, it's, it, No better example of that is Dallas and Philadelphia. They're going to play twice in the regular season, and neither time is it Dak Prescott against Jalen Hurts, which is something we would all love to see. So this has been a really intriguing season, and I think we're going to see more of it between now and the end of the season.
1: Kiwi, less than a minute.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree with him. I think uh, I'll add to that. I think the storyline is going to come out of Detroit. I really feel like this team is is poised and and ready to do something uh, phenomenal. And and uh, you know, at this point in the season, parity really comes down to the line. The NFL has done a good job in terms of you know getting all the the even matchups, and and we have a lot of great football left to play.
1: Um, I I, I can't wait for this Philadelphia Eagle Dallas Cowboy game. Uh, kickoff is at seven is at four thirty. I'm going to be in the city, some local watering hole, watching it and chairing on Gardner Minshew, who I think will be a starting quarterback next year. And this is going to be a huge stage for him to Anita, show everybody. Who, what Anita, he who's do. he going to start for? I hope the Jets. Ooh. Mm. How about mm. that? Uh, Mike, Kiwi, as I always say, I love waking up to my Sundays. Today was Saturday with you gentlemen. Always great. I want to thank our producers, Tom and Julian. Everybody, happy holidays. Merry Christmas from all of us here at 98.7 ESPN. Stay tuned. Gordon Damer's coming your way right now, right here on 98.7 ESPN Radio.